today on The Breakdown. I don't know, man. We just keep doing main event champions. Is it main event champions week, month? Is it the year of the main event champion? I don't know. It's too early to say. But I will say, Joe Cata is going to be involved in this hand. And not just Joe Cata. Also, the Care Bear himself. Big Barry Greenstein, ace on the river. Barry Greenstein's involved, people. He's going to make sure you have your matzo ball soup. He's going to make sure you're warm enough. He's going to get get you a hat if you're cold because he cares about you because he's the Care Bear. And he loves you. (laughs) And he wishes you would call a little bit more often. Well, they're going to play a pot, people. And it's, uh, it's a cash game pot from the big game way back when, 200, 400 cash game. And... I don't know about any of the decisions, basically, in this entire hand, pretty much. Uh, I'm excited to talk about them. Some of them seem obvious, and yet, upon further reflection, perhaps not. Holmes? Watson? You see what I'm saying? We're going to investigate it all right now on the breakdown. (laughs) With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Roger, you had fun with that one. I did. Uh, I just kept going in whatever direction I was going in, you know? And I didn't know. I never know. Did Barry Greenstein become a conduit for your grandmother when you were a child during that? It was that? like a Jewish grandmother thing happening yeah. there. I mean, Jewish grandfather, I guess. But yeah, Jewish grandmother, really. Absolutely. I mean, it felt like a grandmothery type description. Yeah. Did your grandmother make sure you had matzo ball soup and keep you warm? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, matzo ball soup for sure and warm sometimes. They were both my grandmothers were pretty mean, actually, but they still. <laughs> okay, good. Really. But, um, no, but, good. It's great. Just saying. But they uh, still, matzo ball soup was a big part of all, all grandchild, grandparent interactions, pretty much. You know, also bagels and stuff. So Barry Greenstein is somehow related to you and keeping you warm and safe. I mean, he's an older Jewish man. What do you want from me? Like, you, you guys take care of each other. You're just like, <laughs> you look like you could use some matzo ball soup. It's part of the tribe, right? Of course. So I, I trust that were he to see me, he would be like, "Let me get you a sweater." Yeah. How are you? You are often cold. So yeah, exactly. My your hands look cold. Let me get you get you a hat. You know, stuff like that. And do you how need would money? you? Do you need any money? And he just, I would say no. And he just takes out a few hundred bucks and gives it to me anyway. That's how it works. So how do you feel about that with, mm. you know, how Greenstein is clearly, at least in your imagination, this, this generous, kind person who mm. helps you out when he sees you, Jonathan Levy, yet you shit all over his place left and right all the time every day. Does that all... feel okay? Can you, can you make a disconnect there? I can mean... you look him in the eye and say, thanks for the couple hundred bear? <laughs> I mean, every time I talk about my grandparents, I shit all over them, not just on the show, in life. Okay. Because um, they deserve it. They were not super awesome people in my opinion and uh you know even though they did furnish me with matzo ball soup at times it'd be the same thing but greenstein it sounds like based on your description is like the nice version though it sounds like all of the things he does are nice yeah i mean barry greenstein famously is the guy who would you know with all his tournament winnings donate them to charity and stuff back yeah. in the day like he was the guy the robin hood of poker as yeah. Mike sexton would call him uh, and it was like really cool and different. And yeah, that is cool. Yeah, because I mean, he had made so much money playing in cash games somehow. Right. Because it he, was early days. It's called game selection, yes, Jonathan. Yes, it is. And it was, it's also called the early 2000s and, yeah. late, and late 90s, you know. So you're betting every hand works. Yep. I mean, yeah, it, it really did for a long time. And uh, he's going to make some decisions in this hand, Grant, 
that feel of a different era. They feel very early 2000s. And the cool thing is we've got Joe Cotta, who's like the internet whiz kid, but also main event champion, who's got to deal. He knows who he's up against. And so he, how, does, how does the new school deal with the old school playing like the old school, you know? Often the old school is trying to play like the new school, but Phil Helmuth doesn't do that, and you just get very No. Uh, now, I think, I think there's a distinction to be made here about yeah. Kata knowing who Greenstein is and Kata understanding what Greenstein is doing and why of he's course. doing it. Because of course. I feel like there's... Certainly with, like, Kata, I think, probably didn't play that much live up until this point. Just maybe World Series events, and then he got invited to this because he was the champion and mostly played online. So he's expecting, even from Greenstein, even if you know everything about Greenstein that you know, a little bit more of modern poker at the time than he was going to get, right? So he's probably assigning slightly different thought processes, slightly Mm -hmm. different hand ranges to Greenstein than he should be based on if he truly was going purely Greenstein. Yeah, I mean, based on how the sand plays out, that seems to be the case. Um, but that's a failing on Joe Cotta, if that's if that's true, right? Like, yeah. his job is to figure out who he's actually up against, not not what you think. Like, this is always a problem in poker: is it's hard to get out of your own head and assume your opponents. It's so easy to assign the same kind of values and ranges that you would have to your opponents. Like right. You see bluffers think everyone's bluffing them. Yep. When often no one's bluffing them because people are afraid to bluff mostly, you know. Also, bluffers tend to hero call a lot because they think everyone's bluffing well, them. Well, that's what I mean. So you don't yeah. bluff them as much. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, but that's just like the way, that's the way it is, right? And tight people assume everyone always has it when they get raised and stuff like that. That's part of what makes them tight. Yeah. Um, so... You know, Joe Cata may have a little bit of an issue that he's going to have to f- work out, you know, here yeah. in, during this hand because cause Barry does not play the way Joe Cata seems to expect him to play based on some of their conversation even before and after. And game. those comparisons were a little bit unfair to Joe Cata, who is a world-class tournament player. And well, this is a while ago, too. It is, but he had already won the main event. He was probably yeah. already a world-class tournament player. I yeah. know he got lucky on his route to winning, but so does everybody. Like, he... Uh, he got very lucky. He got famously course. lucky, but many at, times at the final table, multiple times with uh, and set under set. And it's possible there, but that's that he. Okay. It's possible that his tournament skill percentile went up between then and 2018 when he final tabled again, or was it 2019? One I of those know. years, um, and got fifth. Mm-hmm. But it's also possible that it didn't. He's just always been a great tournament player. You're right. It's. I would assume he's he's improved tr- tremendously. No, he's improved, I, but oh, percentile. You know, everybody's improved, right? Like, do you would you think his percentile has increased? Yes, you do. I would. So you think he went from 99th to 99.9th? Sure. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe it's 99th to 99.1th, but still, I would I would guess he's increased. Yeah. I mean, it's probably higher than 99.1th, considering every time we do a draft of who we would which main event champion we would back in the main event, we always pick Cata first. Um. Yeah, um, but are you are you saying just for the main event, his 99? Well, no, I was saying tournament. Yeah, so it's a little different. The main event is different than some of the other tournaments. But Yeah, but he's also had success in other tournaments. Of course he has. He's quite good. Yeah. He's quite good. What I'm saying is comparing him to the tight guy who always folds when somebody raises because they're tight and they think everybody else is tight is not fair. Oh, I wasn't saying that's what Joe Cotta was doing. I was just giving examples of people thinking about poker, assigning other people's thoughts that's the same as their own. Yeah. And so the, I remember we gave the bluffers an example too, right? Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Both, both, of both of those are unfair to Joe. Crazy. Both of those are unfair to Joe Cata because both of those are amateurs, right? The one time I played with Joe Cata in the World Series, it was day three of the uh, Millionaire Maker, and he you ignored me. was very bluffy. You ignored me and it upset me. I did just yeah. now? I said both of those players are amateurs, right? The bluffer and the tight player? Yes. That's why it's unfair. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. And yet, perhaps it's going to come into play a little bit in this one, isn't it? It, it might. Okay. It That's might. That's the point. It's, but it's probably like a little bit more nuanced, right? It's like Cata knows Greenstein. He's a known player. Mm-hmm. He's a respected pro at this time. Maybe not by everybody, but at least to some extent. So you're going to assign a little bit more of the high-level current thoughts to him than you maybe should, probably. Well, I mean, this is, I would argue, a little bit of a mistake, though, right? And in, in this way, Joe, if Joe knows he's going to play in this game, which I assume he does, yeah. I don't know if he actually knows that he's going to be playing against Barry Greenstein or not. I don't know if, if he knows that ahead of time, mm-hmm. right? If he knows that ahead of time, he should be talking to people. He knows everybody. He should be talking to people who play with Barry Greenstein and get a little scouting report on him. Yeah. Like he should know that. And if he doesn't, if he finds out when he gets there, he should be texting on the phone to the people who would know, hey, Vivek, tell me about playing against Barry Greenstein. What do I need to know? You know, he should be asking those questions rather than trying to figure it out on the fly. Because um, this is only, they only play 150 hands. You yeah. Know, and that's it. This is. He's not going to play that many cash games with Barry Greenstein in the future, I don't think. Probably Barry not. Greenstein will refuse to be in those games, right? So it's not like an iterated game they're going to be playing. This is it. So he should, he should be trying to get as much data as possible from, from his very connected community that he's a part of. So oh. I think, so I think if, I'm not saying he didn't do that. He may have done that. Mm-hmm. But if he didn't, that's a mistake. Well, we'll see if he actually made a mistake. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know by any means at all. I'm actually really curious to find out. If we think he made, if he made a mistake in this hand, I wonder what the solver will say. Like, I feel like this is the type of thing where the way that Greenstein sometimes plays mm-hmm. may be like, oh, the solver actually likes that, but I wouldn't have expected the solver to like that because he has wider ranges for certain things that the solver actually wants to have. Right. I have a guess about what the solver is going to want him to do. I feel pretty strongly about it, but we will find out, and that's always part of the fun. Right, and we're going to find out at the end of the podcast. We have not seen it yet. Danny Sprung is going to do the solver work. We're going to take a look after we do our analysis and come back with the solver analysis. Sounds good to me. Also, if you want to see all of Danny's solver work, check it out on Discord. There's a link in the description of this podcast. That is how you access our Discord server, which is a party all the time, Jonathan. Basically, if you go there right now, there's people doing all sorts of drugs. There's glow sticks. Oh, wait, no, I'm describing a nightclub. Is it? It's, uh, it's just a Discord server, but it's fun. Do you think Danny Sprung and Wesley Cannon are two excellent solvers who do all the solver work and do a great job and post it on Discord, like you were saying, and it's really wonderful for the community? Uh, do you think they feel like you're whoring them out a little bit, though, the way you talk about them in Discord? Because I feel like you're whoring them out a little bit, Grant. Whoring them out for what? Whoring them out just in general. What do, do you know? Just, what ho- do you know what whoring out means? I think I do. Okay, explain what whoring out means, and then explain <laughs> how it applies. It applies. Well, what it means is, you know, for example, uh-huh. selling. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? You're selling your body for. You're selling whatever. Well, if I'm whoring somebody else, okay, out, you're pimping. You're I'm pimping selling them. their body. Yeah, you're selling yeah. their body. Okay, so, so how how, how, how does that how does that apply? How does it not apply in this case? Great point. How Think does about, it apply? <laughs> First of all, I even resent the idea that you could say whether you were whoring them out or not. I think only Danny could say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're the one who said it. I don't know what you mean. Um, so, but in what way are you whoring them out? You're like, oh, come to the Discord so you can see what we got for you is the solvers. They're going to be there. I think the solvers like the credit they receive. I think they do too. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to still feel that way after this podcast. Yeah, you, you just like to burn all the bridges you yep. possibly can. I mean, it's more fun. We were it? this close to being on Bitcoin Platinum with Phil Helmuth <laughs> until you said that last one thing. It's Bitcoin Latinum. Oh, There's Latinum. no P, you son Sorry. of a bitch. And that didn't help either. 
getting on the Bitcoin Latinum train. Bitcoin Latinum is probably worth, what, 500K by now, something like that? Yeah, I've never heard anyone mention it ever, except when you and I talk about it, making fun of the fact that Phil Hellmuth has like made this one of his things when it's not going anywhere. And they, they dropped the P also. I really root against it, is all I can tell you. I'm rooting, I don't root against many cryptos, I'm rooting against that one. That one and all the dog coins. Basically. Wow, you probably just angered a bunch of the audience. Yep. Bring a, lot it of, on. a lot of dog coin people out there. I bet there are a lot of dog coin people in our audience. Yeah. And you know what? Get rid of them. <laughs> Move on. But anyway. Danny Sprung's not a dog coin guy. Nope. He's seen the movie Jaws over 100 times. That's a great movie. But wow. I mean, come on. That's, but that's a lot of times. But what's more important is that he is one of our solvers. Yep. And as I was saying, on Discord, we will create a thread for this hand where you can discuss it, and Danny will post his entire solver work, whereas we'll only talk about the points that we find relevant to our analysis. But maybe you want to know a little bit more. Yeah. And Discord's a great place for that. You can also suggest hands there, which is what Alex Trembath did. Good job, Alex. Yep. He's migrated from Twitter like a good Australian. Wow. He's one of our Australians, you shouldn't, right? You shouldn't talk about Australians like that. To bring up migration. Think about it. The history of... I, don't, I actually don't get it, what you're saying. I know you're trying to do something. I'm not trying to do anything. It, I actually don't understand the historical reference at all. I don't have one. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I was just acting like I had one. Uh, well, Australians are known to travel a lot, right? I mean, wow. That's, that's, that's racist. That's really that's ra- the first. Yeah. That's the first truly racist. So Alex Trembeth traveled... <laughs> From Twitter to Discord to make the suggestion. Yeah. And he somehow did it on Daily Motion instead of YouTube. That must be an Australian <laughs> thing. I don't know. Yeah, let's not worry about it because that's, you know. Hey, Daily Motion, it's a thing. It is a thing. V- Vimeo, let's go one time. Vimeo, yeah. you can still make it. It's like crackle. Let's take down YouTube, everybody. That was once the plan. Anyway, Trembath, nice job suggesting yeah. this hand. Even though it's ancient by poker terms, it's from 2010. Um, good dig. I, I'm surprised we haven't done it before, actually, because it is a curious, interesting hand, and I feel like I feel like we can't keep mining the big game for all its depths, right? Like, how can there be more big game hands that we haven't done? Is it possible? It's been around ever since we started doing this podcast. I mean, there's going to be a lot more great big game hands that for us to do if people want to look look them up, because there's so many great hands in that. I guess and, so. And there's so many interesting situations with the loose cannon and, you know, like everything is, there's so much interesting context to all the hands, which really informs some of the decisions. We've certainly done a bunch in our time, but there's a lot more we could do. And I, I encourage people to watch the big game old reruns anyway. They're on YouTube. It's fun. It's really good poker. And uh, and also, you know, you could send in a whole bunch of cool hands we could make videos out of. It's just kind of surprising to me, like when we get a big game hand that we haven't done that actually is good, or a, a high stakes poker from high stakes poker's original run hand yeah. that we haven't done that's good. I'm like, how did we not do this already? Yeah. How has somebody not suggested this or we didn't pick it up or but this is one of those hands. I mean, okay. This one's a little less showy than some of the other hands that like Yeah, but it's definitely breakdown do. worthy. It's yeah, got I agree. I agree. Very interesting decisions. Yep. Well, let's start with the the care bear, shall we? The bear man. The man bear. Pooh. Pooh, yeah. Who's does 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 Winnie the Pooh talk? Yeah, of course he does. He says, Oh bother. Oh bother. Does he mean to say brother? No. Okay. I mean, it's when he's upset about something. He, instead of him swearing, he says, Oh bother. Is he Australian? And he says it with that nice sort of like, I'm just a little stuffed animal type. Oh bother. Because of course he was a stuffed animal. You know, Christopher Robin was the son of uh the writer. 
I don't remember. A.A. Milne? No, I don't know who wrote it. Maybe A.A. Milne. Anyway, who cares? No one cares. Someone knows, and they're going to definitely write uh, to us. Dostoevsky. All right, so Barry Greenstein. Okay. He's on the button. He's not giving this money to charity because it's a cash game, so if he wins, he's going to keep that money. Good for him. Yeah, he needs some. He's got $88,000 in this 200-400 game, the big game. The loose cannon is not going to be a factor in this hand, but you know, when, when they are, it makes it interesting. But this time, this time it's just Greenstein against the champ. Greenstein's going to open to $1,500 from the button with Queen Jack of Diamonds. Yeah. I love it. Sure. Joe Cata is in the big blind. He's got two kings. Yeah. You're going to want to three-bet this hand most of the time. Absolutely. This is a great hand to three-bet with, especially against the button open. Yeah. Uh, so how much do we want to make it? I think a 4X at least. Yeah, is 6K. Six, Maybe even a little more. 6,300, yeah. something like that. But that wasn't really happening in 2010. No. And Joe Cata is also a tournament player, so he's probably used to smaller sizing in general. Uh, I guess he might be a cash game pro too, but my sense of Joe Cata is like he's a mainly a tournament guy. Not I don't really. know. I don't know. Obviously, he's known for tournaments, and he wasn't on high-stakes poker or anything. That's true. Um, anyway, he makes it 5,300, which is smaller than we said, but probably era... In the era, it probably was normal. But, I mean, how often are you getting folds from Barry? I guess Barry is folding out some of his button range. Yeah, Barry's opening a ton on the button, I'm yeah. sure. So, actually, you are going to get folds from those things. And, by the way, he doesn't mind, obviously, with this hand. But, of course, you can't just think about this hand. You've got to think about your whole range and how you're going to I don't know. Do you? Here. You were just talking about how they're not playing an iterated game. Oh, that's an interesting point. You're right. I was thinking about it more generally. Maybe you can say, like, well, let's not make it 6,500 with kings because how often am I going to be three-betting Barry... Right. When if he opens you, the button and no one else is in the hand, like maybe two more times, maybe. If you think this is the yeah. only time you're ever going to play against Barry Greenstein, at least at these stakes in a, in in a cash, cash game, game yeah. you might as well play each hand yeah. on its own merits. That's a great point. You can actually be, you can, you can definitely move away, diverge from your normal plans a yeah. little bit. Can't do it too much, but you can definitely yeah. do it a little bit. We've been doing a lot of analysis from either high roller tournaments or high roller cash games recently where it's always like, oh, yeah, well, these guys are playing an iterated game. It's yes. Garrett and Andy. They have to be super balanced in all of these ways. Or, you know, it's uh, Bonomo and Adamo. And, like, they have to right. make sure that this protects them in the future. And that just simply might not be the case. It's an excellent point that you make. Really. It's, it sh- that should inform a lot of Kata, especially, in this hand, right? Yeah. Where you should be like... He can be extra exploitative in whatever direction. He's only got 150 hands to do anything. He's got kings against a guy who doesn't like to fold and likes to put in a lot of action. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, maybe that means you should raise more if it's a guy who doesn't like to fold. But but Greenstein probably does have a lot of auto folds. But those are auto folds for any size. They're for any size. Why aren't we making it 6,500? We should should be going higher. You're still right. You're still right. Yeah. This hand specifically. Yeah, like maybe we do it with with our weaker parts of our range. We're going fifty three hundred because the autofolds are autofolds, and the rest of it he's going to call. But yeah, it's almost the opposite of what you'd want to do. So do you, Jonathan Levy? Yeah, as you often do, and when I and I often disagree, or I am less conservative about it, have an SBR problem for Barry Greenstein with continuing in this hand? Absolutely not. I think this is a clear call, clear okay. continue. He's on the button. He, the ranges are wide. He's got position. They're not super deep, but they're deep enough with Queen Jack suited to call for sure. I can't imagine folding this hand in this spot. Okay. You cool. agree with that, I assume. Yeah, I do. You just often you I often know. surprise me with like you're like, well, the SPR is gonna yeah. be thirteen to one and that's not good enough for this hand. Right. You know? Usually usually it's a lot less than that. But I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in this case it's gonna be what? It's it's gonna be like eight to one or something. Um, but yeah. that's fine with Queen Jack suited. That's totally fine. We can rock and roll with that. Okay. Cool. Well he's gonna call. 
We're in position. Come on. It's button versus big blind. Of course we're calling. Kata should have some, some weak hands here. I mean, he should. I mean, you could also four bet because of that, but... This hand plays it's, so yeah. well as a call in position. Yeah, it's better. Like, there's, there's hands that play well as a call, like ace-four suited, that you could four bet instead because of your blockers and, like, good combo for four betting type mm-hmm. hand. But this feels like a call. I, I, I mean, I just it wouldn't occur to me to do anything but call here with this hand in this spot. Yep. It's like, all right, let's see a flop. Okay, let's. Row. $11,400 in the pot. Okay. Queen, nine, eight. Queen of hearts, nine of diamonds, eight of spades. It is not a great flop for Joe Cata's hand against Barry's range. It's not terrible, but it's not great. I mean, there's not an ace on there. Right. But beyond That's that, it's one of the worst types of flops. I mean, it's somewhat connected for sure. You block king, queen, which is bad. Yeah. But you don't block ace, queen. You don't block queen, jack. You don't block queen, 10. You don't block nine, 10 suited. Yeah. You, know, but you don't block jack. You don't block tens. This is also a, a thing that I think we disagree on yeah. over the course of the uh, thing where you're like, you're like, it's a perfectly good flop for kings. And I'm like, this is a one, of, it was one of the worst flops for kings. It's not, a, it's not a great flop, but it's not horrible. Like an ace high flop is so much worse. An ace high flop is definitely worse. But beyond an ace high flop, this is the worst type of flop. I think I disagree. I think a hand more, I think like seven, eight, nine is way worse than queen, nine, eight, for example. Uh, queen, nine, eight, seven, Barry, eight, nine. Barry, Barry doesn't have queens almost ever. He has sevens. Um, I don't know. That, it, it just feels like 7-8 is going to be... I, I feel like he's got more two-pair right, combos. Me, he's got more straight stuff working for him. Let me put it this way. It's a, yeah. bottom, a bottom 25% flop for Kings. Okay, sure. In this scenario. That's fine. Yeah. But this is a pretty good scenario, right? So even though it's a bottom 25% flop, like it's button versus big blind, we're not that deep with the SPR. Like, okay, it's not, it's not ideal. It's not. That's, but it's fine. Yeah. I think. It's, it's fine, but... It, Definitely, it's like... Look, seven deuce deuce is better, right? Of course yes. it is. Of course it is. Lots of flops are better. Yeah. But it's a rainbow flop. That's yeah. good. You know. How about just queen nine deuce? That's a much better flop it than is. queen nine eight. It certainly is. Like, it's, it's not a great flop. But the, the... Yeah. The only things that it really changes, though, is nine eight suited and jack ten. That's the only difference that queen... That queen nine eight versus queen nine deuce, those hands. Nothing else changes. As far as set combos and stuff? Yeah, sure. So yeah, so um, so it's a little bit more, but it's not a it's not a crazy. There's also more. There's just more ways to lose in the future. Yes, it's a dynamic board. That's yeah. true. No question. Which matters, of course. Of course. Unless we stop playing after the flop, we might we might just decide that whoever has the best hand on the flop wins. You know, we could do that sometimes. A lot of players would be happy. You know, the ones who get really mad, they get the entitlement tilt. They, they say f- they'd be happy. They don't really mean it because that would not be an interesting game to play. Maybe they, they don't really seem to want to play an interesting game. Those that those is players. An point. All right, but let's get back to these players. All right. Still, despite it being not the best flop, it's a bet, right? I think it's 100% a bet, an easy bet, in fact. Yep. It just gets a little sticky if you get raised. It's not ideal if we get raised. We're not going to love it. We don't block really anything. Well, guess what? We're going to have to try to figure that out, yeah. so that'll be fun. Okay. Kata does betty about 7,800. Yep. What do you think about the sizing, 7,800 to 11,4? Um, I think it's fine. I don't mind it. Uh, normally we bet probably a little bit less than that generally on the flop, right? But we're out of position. I think Barry's probably got a lot of very, very like binary type decisions on this flop. Like it's either automatic folds or automatic calls almost always. This is a bigger sizing with Kings. I understand that if we're being exploitative, I kind of like sizing it up here. Yep. I think actually I like it. The more I think about it, the more I like it. Yeah. He's not folding a queen. No way. Um, I don't mind folding out. Ace-10, ace-jack, hands like that. That's fine to fold those out. 
it's not like a disaster to get rid of those hands. They have reasonable right. equity against us. Yeah, they have seven outs. Yeah, and... any nine or eight is going to have a straight draw with it that Barry has. That's correct. And that's going to call. Yep. So pocket fives is folding anyway. Yeah. Let's get money out of the queens and the... Let's hope he has ace-queen, or really, let's hope he has, like, queen-jack. Yeah. Really. But well, I guess it's the same. You also have tens or jacks, and those aren't folding. I mean, sometimes those are going to four-bet pre, but sometimes they're going to be there. Yeah. Kata has more tens and jacks than Barry does range-wise, for sure. Yes, but, but thinking of hand, like... Yeah. It does feel like a binary decision. Like, it, maybe, maybe right. there's a hand, like, seven-eight that maybe he calls a smaller amount with, but... Folds Maybe. to this amount. He might call. I mean, I think generally everyone's calling one pair. Right. So ace eight and ace nine suited also if Barry has them. Or... I think they're just going to call. So this is good then. This is good to bet big. Yeah. You call once in position and you see what happens on the turn. Like sometimes you improve, sometimes he checks. Like, but it seems crazy to fold a pair on the flop that's right. an eight or better, I would think. So if we're not playing an iterated game. Yes. Betting big is good. Yes. We like it. I really like it with kings here. Yeah. Does that make it scarier when Greenstein raises to 23K? Because that's what Greenstein does. Well, it's not great when Greenstein raises to 23K, which is what Greenstein does. All right. Let's talk about Greenstein's perspective here. Yeah. And Barry, later in the episode of this big game, explains his thought process. And uh, it's not the most impressive. It's an old man coffee thought process. Yeah. Which sort of fits the, you know, if the he, shoe fits. He's just the best old man coffee. Yeah, maybe that's right. Yeah. So what Barry, one of the things Barry says is, you know, he thinks he has the best hand a lot because of the button versus big blind ranges, which okay. is a reasonable analysis. I don't know why that then would lead us to want to raise. That's, that's the well, second piece. Well, he wants piece. to deny equity from ace-king. Right. That's the second piece. He wants to deny equity from ace-king or whatever else Joe has. And it's like, I don't love denying six outs here, equity, yeah. when... Joe's the three better, and like we're we're beat a fair amount, and like the continuing range is really brutal for us. Right, right we're if Joe calls, we're pretty much always behind. Tens and jacks are called, probably. I think they're called. Yeah, probably. I think they're gonna have to call once, right? Maybe not. Uh, we're kind of short, but yeah. I think that it's weird for them to just insta fold. It is. Um, we of course block jacks. We do. So it's really tens. Yeah, mostly. Um, it feels like it's hard to get great value out of this spot. Yeah. When, I don't know. I mean, also, Kata, by doing this, we remove Kata's ability to bluff turns now by raising right now. So let's be generous okay. and not and pretend we don't know what Barry said about the hand. So we give him more credit than he actually deserves. Can I tell you one other thing he said, though, okay. that we can know about just to take a little more credit away? Sure. He said... Um, this is the guy who gives you matzo ball soup and hundreds yeah. of dollars? My grandparents were mean to me. Doesn't mean that they didn't feed me. So um, he also said that, like, he raised because he thought he has the best hand a lot. But, of course, Joe can still have, like, aces or kings or ace-queen or something like that. And if Joe were to go all in here, Barry wasn't really sure what he was going to do. He said, yeah, I might fold. And I'm like, you don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> That's not great. In this spot. Then With, why would you ever raise that you, hand that has this much value? When you put yourself in a spot where you have, like, a, you know... A, a slight bit more than a pot left if after Joe's money I mean, goes in. I guess in. he just has to call, right? Yeah. You just, don't you just have to? You're like, I'm probably losing, and I. But the gut shot going along with it, you probably have queens, jacks, and tens yeah. to, make, to get there. If you're if you're behind, which you kind of assume you always are, though. If Joe goes all in, you're behind. I mean, you, I guess that's why Garrett Barry's like, so maybe I have to fold because but, there's no flush draw. But the price the price you're going to get is probably too good for the amount of outs you have, right? So you're going to have... Don't you have 10 outs twice? Yeah. No, you have nine outs twice. You have five... Yeah, nine outs twice. 
That's pretty good. That's uh, you're like forty percent. You also have high. backdoor diamonds that adds a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So now you're definitely forty percent. Oh, so this is going to be an easy call. It should be an easy call. Mathematically, it's an easy call. All right. Let's but why would we want to put ourselves in this position? With let's Lundberg? forget about okay. the OMC thought process yes. that Barry Greenstein displayed and, let's do it. and try to think about it from a more generous perspective. Yes. Is it possible that this could be good because we don't have enough to raise otherwise on this board against, against this dynamic? Because it's just Jack-10 suited, 8-9 suited, 8s and 9s, right? Ace-Queen. I mean, if we're going to raise Queen-Jack, we could definitely raise Ace-Queen. Ace-Queen's a better raising hand for Is it? sure. Isn't it? You can call off with queen jack and have better equity against the hands that have you beat. We block pocket aces with ace queen. We can get we can get action from worse queens like king queen, which Joe absolutely could be three betting and continuing. With. Maybe, but it's not like all combos. It's definitely not all combos. I think queen jack is better than ace queen. Do you? Yeah. Well, I don't really like it for either one. I mean, neither do I. But we have more equity with queen jack than ace queen against the we range. Certainly do. Well, yeah. I mean, if if he jams on us, we obviously want to. We'd rather have Queen Jack here, yeah. right? So you just and, want to block and, aces? Unless, unless he turns over King Queen, and then we're very sad. Yeah. <laughs> but he's probably not going to jam King Queen no. anyway, right? And he's not going to jam aces either, by the way. I mean, we, we definitely don't think Joe Cat is going to jam aces no. here. Yeah. That is true. Right. So, do you, so is this a reasonable hand to add to the range if we're going to have some if we i guess we'd have to think of what bluffs we want to have cuz it's hard to think of bluffs on this board like 6 7 suited i i feel like king I'd, 10 i'd rather have worse hands to do this with that include like pairs and guts like 9 10 suited yeah maybe 8 10 suited if we if we can show up with that also like jack 9 suited if we can have that hands that are like losing to more things cuz i don't know what the what the plan is with this with raising well at least we block top set with this hand which is the most likely That's set true. that Joe, Joe would have. But Joe can have nines as easily as he can have queens. Not can. as easily. That is incorrect. He's calling with nines much more than queens and when the button opens? Yeah. He's calling with nines more than queens. Yes. I said much more, and don't pretend I didn't. You're acting like I did not say the word much there. Okay. I absolutely I would. I would argue much more. What percentage of the time is he calling with queens there? Mm, 20, maybe. I think less, but okay. 10. Oh, yeah, probably 10, if, if that, but yeah. sure. We'll give him 10. What percentage of the time is he calling with nines there? 50. It's crazy and impossible. 50%? Yeah, I think 50. No chance. Okay. It's like 30 at most. At most. So three times as much. I said at most. Three times as much no, is nothing. I think it's I think To it's Jonathan Levy, 3x is nothing. I think it's crazy you think Kat is calling a button open from a guy who's going to open a million buttons with nines like 50% of the time. I think that just can't be right. I think, I think at the time he was. What are you basing that on? I feel like I remember it, sort of. Uh, maybe like maybe like a hand like hands he played in the main. Yeah, game. it was a little bit more conservative. No, in the cash game, it was a bit more conservative. Oh, in the cash yeah. game. Oh, interesting. So this cash game specifically. Yeah. You mean. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, I certainly don't have any other hands to go on, so I'm just. Basing I mean, I don't it on actually it. either. I just have a sense of it. Um, I could be wrong. Either I, I feel you are, but we don't know. Either way, what do you think about the theory that maybe this yeah. is an okay hand to include in the raising range for a balance perspective, or is it just I? Really don't like. Is it, it. just okay to just have eight nine suited, jack ten suited, and the sets? Is it okay just to have those for value because we don't have that many bluffs anyway? I mean, we have to have some bluffs, right? Oh, no, you're saying for value, yeah, right, yeah. Let's just do that. Let's just have stronger hands, and this is a hand that plays really well as a call. And then we just have fewer bluffs. We don't include yeah. all of our gut shots as bluffs or something. We don't yeah. want to have that many bluffs yeah. in the spot, right? Yep. Like all we're, the only hands we can successfully. That, that are bluffs. I guess Joe can have a, a wide variety of aces here. Like, 
bad aces, ace king, ace jack, but like ace four, ace five, things like that. Those are the bluffs, right? Yeah. Everything else is is in pretty good shape. I guess, I mean, he can have tens and jacks and continue to if he wanted to. I don't know if Joe would. Joe might, might check tens and jacks. And he might fold to 23K. Yeah, he might. Like, he has a six, he has a six out hand against most things. Yes, that's right. Because um, what are we supposed to have? What are we raising? This goes to your point. Like, yeah. what, are, what are the bluffs? Six, seven suited is a bluff. There's four combos. Yeah. If Barry's playing, if Barry's calling with that, which I think he is on the button, and then raising it, I think he, he probably is doing those two things. He probably folds 7-10 pre, right? I think he does. So now it's got to be gut shots. That's the only, like, ace-10. Yeah. Ace-10, ace-jack. I don't know how often he's really raising those. I don't think he's raising those very often at all. I don't either. But if he does, if he has even as much value as we outlined, jack ten suited and suited sets exactly. of eights and nines, That's he's more got than enough. Right? He's got to include some. Oh yeah, ace x with gut shot and backdoor flush draw. He can have like maybe king ten with backdoor flush draw. Um, yeah, and if he needs to have ace ten, he can have ace ten in there too. Yeah, king jack. Those are hands he could decide to do it with. Now who knows? I mean, I don't. I don't imagine Barry was balanced in this way. I don't either. At the time. I don't either. Um, so forgetting about the motivations, okay. like whether or not we are generous or we give him the old man coffee reasoning, which is, is actual reasoning, as we know, because he said it. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are the benefits of Barry's raise? Because okay. it has benefits. It's not purely just a, a losing. Well, it is a losing play, I think. But it, it's, it's not it's, pro- it's not like all bad. Yeah, you're losing profitability for yeah. sure by raising. I got to believe that. Okay, well, the obvious benefit is what Barry said, right? We actually are getting protection on our hand. There's a card to come, and it's, sometimes that card is going to kill action, and sometimes that card is going to make us a loser, right? So we get to protect the money in the pot, which is not insignificant. The pot has already got real money in it, yeah. right? So that's number one. Number two, <laughs> I'm struggling with a second thing. What do you got? Um, well, if we end up making a straight... We got more money in there before that happened. That is true. So and the scary card of if a 10 were to come off, that would often kill action. Yeah. Or, yeah, it'd be hard for us to get more money then unless Joe's got a set or something yeah. like that, right? Of course, if Joe has a set, he might just jam this in our faces right now and we're going to... Well, if we're, we're going to call anyway, then it doesn't matter. Well, it means we're going to get it in with like bad with equity. Really bad Real, equity. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, so that, that's, that yeah, that's a bad. little bit. Um, yeah, um, that is true. That's a good reason too. So, but that's four cards. Right. Yeah. I guess a jack kills action too, and that gives us top two. We're almost always ahead, but we may not be able to make any more money on it. So okay, so that's seven cards that kill action. <sighs> I'm kind of unimpressed with our reasons not here. Not enough. I like. I mean, any any ten jack ace or king may effectively kill action. Yes, that's true. That's that's a fair amount of cards, but there's also a lot more cards that don't kill action, and we get to let him keep bluffing. If he checks, we get to bet now and protect our hand get value from hands like tens and jacks, which if we just call now, we can get that value from on the turn, right? If we raise right now, I don't even know if, as you're saying, I don't know if Takata is actually continuing with tens or not because there aren't many obvious bluffs here. And we block some of them with tens or jacks. Yeah, I think... So over the past couple of years, I've been trying to open my mind more to like certain raises with top pair Mm -hmm. being good. because And and often the reason that we can find if we go deep dive into the analysis is, well, it's needed for balance, right? Right. And we kind of already found that that's not the case here. So we had to search for other benefits and they weren't really there either. I think it's, it's just pretty, pretty rudimentary bad. I, I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's hard to come up with something good because like, oh, we're raising to get it in. 
but against what what range are we getting in against? It's bad. It's real bad. What hand in the world is Joe Cata jamming on us that we're ahead of? I don't know if there's any. There's probably zero. Yeah. Right. Like he's not do, he's not going to jam two jacks, right? No. That would make no. There's sense. no flush draw. I mean, maybe Cata can have ten seven sometimes or six seven because he was the three better. He can have that bet raise, and he's just like, I guess I'm going with it, and he shoves, and we're we're in great shape, but. That That's, doesn't feel very off. Very that likely. feels like a once in a million. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we can count on that. And those are only going to be suited anyway. So there's eight combos tops of that. I mean, there's like point yeah. zero four combos that he actually three bets of those hands. I mean, it maybe it's it may be more than that, right? He may yeah. be attacking Barry's uh, button opens. Barry's going to open the button a lot. I don't think he was though. Oh, yeah. Like I said, with the nines, I don't think he was right. But the, but nines is a different hand than like six seven suited. Yeah. But of course, those hands that we just said seven ten suited play really well as calls. They feel so nice to call yeah. with out of the big nines. Blind. Make much more of a sense as a three bet than those hands do. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So that so that whole like I'm kind of short ish. I only have I only have eighty eight thousand to start the hand. You know, let's get it all in. Doesn't really make any sense either. Like, if we have ace-queen, that at least makes more sense to me it than doesn't. this hand. I disagree. I'm not saying it makes good sense, but it makes, to me it makes more sense. It makes less sense to me. Just because, like, now king-queen, at least we can get nah, value from. He's not going to jam. He's not going to jam, but we're going to be able to get it in on the turn sometimes. We're going to be able to get it all in with, with, against king-queen sometimes because of the stack. I feel like Cat is mostly just calling king-queen out of the big button anyway. And we block it. I mean, I, I just don't know why you think that he's not going to three-bet that. I guess because you're, you're saying you remember him playing it that way. But like, I think he's going to attack Barry's... King-Queen is a pretty good calling hand. Of course it is. But you also you know that it's also a pretty good hand to three-bet with sometimes, right? And if you have a guy who's opening the button a lot, that's not a bad hand at all to three-bet. I think it's, even if we can go by your liberal estimation okay. of King-Queen's... I think having the additional outs uh, that Queen-Jack provides versus Ace-Queen is far more valuable to make it a better hand than ace-queen to do this with. Okay. I mean, either way, it sucks, right? Yeah. Okay. They're both bad plays. Yeah, fair enough. So let's not get caught up too much in the minutiae. Yeah. You're probably right. Who cares? Let's get to the real stuff here. Again, we block aces. That's the only good thing with ace-king. Yeah. Uh, with ace-queen. I mean, obviously, we block ace-king, but who cares about that? Ace-queen, actually, ace-queen, we don't have as much to protect against, though, either. So that's another reason to call and not race. Yeah. If we're worried about protection. Anyway, sorry, I, didn't, I got right back into the minutiae after I said, let's move away from it. Let's just leave it with, this does not feel like a spot to raise top pair. Strong agree. Yeah. Strong agree. All right. As Joe Caddy, you have kings. Yeah. It's not ideal. This is, this is the nightmare, right? Like, of all the things that could happen, this is the worst thing. What are we hoping he has when he raises? A hand just like this. Yeah, because there's no fluster out there. Nope. So that's a little scary. Like 6-7? We're hoping it's 6-7 suited. Right, because we already outlined what the value is, and the value is all beating us, obviously. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what Greenstein would qualify his raise as. I don't know if it's value or what, but it's something. Greenstein is, is raising... Well, he's raising for value as well as protection. He thinks he has the best hand a lot, right? So yeah. he's raising for value in that way. I guess the denying equity, too. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to understand. I don't think he really understands. This is why it's hard to be Joe Cattle, like we talked about early yeah. on, like how... Kata is assigning thought processes that are more similar to his own to Greenstein, perhaps, in this hand. Yeah, if you're Joe Cat and you're like, well, obviously he's never raising any solitary queen no matter what's with it, because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Forget ace-queen or king-queen. He's never going to raise queen-jack or queen-ten. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So what does he have here? 
does he ever have 710 suited? Does he ever have 67 suited? Does he ever raise a gut shot? Because otherwise, I might be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, here. you're already scared, Yeah, obviously. But yeah. Kings, it's just one of those spots where it's too good to fold. You're being exploited too easily. Yeah, if we just fold right now, then Barry can raise every gut shot. Now, we're saying this exploited thing, but like you said, we're only playing 150 hands That's against true. Barry Greenstein. Maybe we can just fold because he's not going to be able to take advantage of the spot. Well, okay, maybe exploited is the wrong way to put it. It might just be too good of a hand to call in our distribution for not not just for the sake of exploitation and not just for the sake of game theory, but for the actual application that distribution sometimes allows us, which is spots like this, where we have too good of a hand, even though it feels like we can't beat anything. Sometimes you just can because the, the dude is doing something weird. I mean, if we're folding kings here, what are we continuing with? Only sets and jack 10? I mean, that sounds crazy. It's yeah. just not enough. It's not enough. So kings and aces, we have to continue with good queens. Ace queen. Yeah. Ace queen, probably king queen. Yeah. Um, we just have to continue with all those hands. I agree. So does Joe Cata. Yeah, good. And they, he would probably agree also that nitrogen sports is the place to be. I know he would agree. Forget about probably. I'm sure he would agree. I have a, a whole thing going there. Can you, are you allowed to say that? Yeah, no, I can say it. We got a whole thing going. Okay. Me and the CADs. The CADs. The CADs. Does he like it when you call him that? Does he kind of cringe? I never call him that to his face. I call him Cadbury Cream, Cadbury Egg Boy, stuff like that. He loves it. And he's like, who is this guy who's following me to every (laughs) restaurant that I go to? (laughs) He looks around and it seems confused, but I think underneath that, He's, he's, you think he's glad you're there, right? Yeah, he's like, I don't know who that, that guy is, but he's like a wonderful jester in my life. Yeah, he's just always there when I'm sleeping, <laughs> when I'm filling up my car with gas. Chocolate Cadbury Man! <laughs> yeah, he loves that, yeah. I think, in my opinion. Um, I sort of have added myself as the guy who's doing that pretty publicly now, and so, I don't know, maybe that's cool. Maybe Joe will be like, hey, let's be friends now. Yeah. I've been hoping this for is, you to out yourself This is your big shot. Years. This is the dream. This all is your... these years. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, a known pro will like me, Grant. <laughs> it's yeah, the first I one. I don't know if any do. No, oh, no, none of them do. Does Matt Matros count as a known pro? <sighs> no. Sorry, Matt. I don't <laughs> think he does. People, people know him, but they know him because he writes books and stuff. Yeah. Like, he was last like in and a does series he actually like you, or is he just using you like a puppet? <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to speak for Matt Matros. Matt yeah. Matros, I famously hates everything, so I don't really know yeah. if he likes me. So probably not because yeah. he hates everything. You know what else he hates? He hates when I say that he hates everything. Oh, he hates that so much. <laughs> so you're just he like right? complains about something, and I'll text him like, "Yeah, but you hate everything." And I have, like stars around it because I mean it, and then he's like, "Fuck you, Levy," <laughs> <laughs> and he means that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, we're talking about nitrogen sports here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, uh, it's an online casino. I successfully derailed the ad for a while. feels great. I think I actually helped you there. Oh, you did. Uh, there's a link in the description of this podcast. Gets you to nitrogen. Sign mm-hmm. up there. If you use that link, you get access to all of our specials. It includes our monthly tournament, which is pretty sweet. Also the corned beef. The corned beef, they will ship it to you. It might take a while. No yeah. guarantees on the quality of the corn. No beef. preservatives. They it's, want to keep it. They want to keep it real. They said it's more about the thought. It's the thought that yeah. counts. They they're willing to send you a nice corned beef. Yeah. What well, was a nice corned beef at least? At one point, out. by the way, cooked with love. The, they send it from 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 Asia, so <laughs> it may take a. It's going to take a while. Okay. And, and the slow boat, the slow boat, because they got to save on shipping. Yeah, you understand. You have to understand. You have to. You have to understand that if you don't use that link, you're a fool. Mm. Because, of course, as I said, it grants you access to our monthly tournament, which is a great tournament. We've talked about it many times before. They also have casino games, sports betting, 
Other specials include March Madness brackets where they put up free Bitcoin for people who have used the link. You just enter for free and you can yeah. win some Bitcoin. NFL Survivor pools. Uh, if you win anything or you just want to get your Bitcoin out, it happens fast, 90 minutes or less. That sounds pretty good to me. It's like uh, go to three pizzas and by the time the third pizza gets there, you got your Bitcoin. Oh. Because it's 30 minutes or less with the pizza. So you order th- and so you get one and then you immediately order, order the next. Because you're like, that was a damn fine pizza. I need another one. Right. See, because when you say order three pizzas, I just thought you were putting one order for three pizzas. No, you order one, then you eat it, yeah, and then you order another one. This is like the family where the 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 mom is perpetually pe- pregnant. Basically, it's the same idea, yeah. right? Like, oh yeah, now we have seven kids. I can't believe I can't believe people do that. It's like was that yeah. nineteen kids and counting? How is that possible? Is that a show? Yeah. Um, you know how is it possible when a man and a more when a mommy and a daddy love much. each other, they do a special <laughs> hug. Yeah. And then a baby comes. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. That was night <laughs> sports ad. <laughs> we're so good at ads. We really just, we're always on brand. We keep it, we keep it rolling strong. It's a special kind of ad. Yeah. It's the kind of ad that you don't even know you're being sold anything. You right. Because you're so like, we're talking about corned beef being shipped in, and, and, what else do we talk about? Pizzas getting 19 delivered. kids and counting. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Catacalls. Okay. Yeah, of course he does. $57,400 in the pot now. Okay. Cata with two kings. He's got the old uh, king of diamonds, king of clubs. Barry has the queen jack of diamonds. The flop was queen of hearts, nine of diamonds, eight of spades. Okay. So this is important. So there's 57 four in the pot. Barry's got 55 left. Yeah. We're already at one to one stack to pot. Turns the six of diamonds. Okay. That's a pretty good card for Barry. I mean, oh, for Barry, yeah. That's a good card for Barry, for sure. It's not really a meaningful card for Kata, I don't think. I mean, 7-10 gets there. That's the only thing. But you wouldn't really think Barry has 7-10 preflop. Nope, you would not. I so, would not think that. I mean, if Barry has 6-7, he picked up a pair, so a little bit more equity against Kings, but we don't really care. It's that's fine. fine. Yeah. As Kata, can you do anything but check? I mean, I guess if with the SPR being one, you could just jam and be like, I hope you have a weird hand that you can call with, but that feels bad. I think we do way better checking and letting Barry do whatever he's going to do because the thing we don't want is to have the, when we jam, the only hands that can put chips in now are good hands, right? Yeah. And maybe this hand can. This hand actually is one of the few hands we'd be This hand of. probably calls, right? This hand has to call. Yeah. But there are very few that, that can call, I think. Uh, if you know Barry's raising top pair... Forget about the gut shot for a second. Top pair in general. But if we check, isn't he going to bet anyway? All, a hand like top pair? Like anything that, that we can, that's going to call us is going to bet anyway, probably, right? I don't know if that's true. Well, this I, hand that Barry has exactly yes. is actually an interesting one to talk about. We will talk about that. But yeah. I don't know. Like, let's assume that Barry's raising with all queens because I think that's a pretty reasonable it assumption. seems like a good guess, right? If he has king, queen of spades here. Yeah. Do you really think he's betting the turn when, when Cat has called the flop? I do think that partially because I watched the interview afterward yeah. and, you know, he was talking about, you know, if Kata has tens or jacks, like, you know, not giving me a free card and stuff. Um, Would you expect that though? If you were Kata? No, I wouldn't expect him to raise King queen either. Right. So that clock. wouldn't so really I, factor into your decision of whether can't. to check or bet. Yeah. Right. Right. I think we should check because if, if either has got a mod, we think he only has very strong value and then some other stuff, right? Yeah. The very strong value is calling the other stuff is folding if we jam. We want the other stuff in there so we can make that extra money. We're huge favorites against all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how we can do anything but check. He's often going to fire here and he's often going to go all in. And we're going to, we just have to call. Don't, isn't that the plan? Yep. 
I think so. Seems straightforward. So Canada does check. Yeah. So should Greenstein bet? This is an interesting question. This is a very interesting question. Okay, we only have a pot size bet back. Yes, that's important, right? If we were much, if we were really deep, I think he should consider betting because he can improve to a very strong hand. Yep. And then he could get another bet in on the river. Like, comes the deuce of diamonds on the river. Cat is probably going to have to check call. How can he put us on a flush? Oh, yeah, that's, the flush is hidden. Right, and so that's amazing. Um, it feels like we should bet, and, you know, and if, if, if a brick comes on the river, we don't improve, we can just check it right back. We figure we were calling that bet anyway for losing on the river, so who cares? Obviously, sometimes a car will come that would kill action, but whatever. Um, I think I think if he's a lot deeper, a bet makes a lot of sense. At this stack depth, it's a much more interesting question, right? On one level, you could say like, "Eh, who cares?" On another level, what are we getting action from? Only better hands. Are tens or jacks going to call if we jam? No, they can't, right? No. How can they call? No. So then we should not jam. No, we should not bet. We should not bet because they can't call. We can get we can get action on diamond anyway, like you're saying. We can. We can get action anyway. And, and with a one-to-one stack to pot, we can get it all in anyway. We can, he can check the river. We can shove. It's not crazy. We can bet any amount that we want, really, whatever we think is the appropriate amount to get value. Yeah. Yeah. But, but all up to all in, which is nice. You often, the fact that we have the ability to get all in on the river is just one more reason to check. And also, maybe Cata will take a crazy shot with some, I don't know, why would Cata ever do that? Like, if he has tens or jacks, he's not going to, like, bluff the river. No, he's like, I blocked jack ten. I'm going to bluff the river. I don't think so. Yeah, like, he probably doesn't think he can get ready to fold a queen if somehow Barry has a queen anyway, right? So, so I, I like, yeah, check. I think a check is good. I like a check. Barry We're in position. We can make sure a bet goes in if we like the, everything on the river. Barry so doesn't far. like a check. No. He not. likes leaving himself with 20K somehow. He bets 35K. Yeah. Instead of going all in. Yeah. Which... Makes sense if he had a lot more back, but I don't really right. see why you would do this. Um, I think it looks stronger than... So now shot. he's trying to fold out a better hand? I don't think he's trying to fold out a better hand. How would, why would you ever be able to fold out a better hand? I, again, can speak to some of his thought process. I don't know if you want to get into it. Go ahead. But he talks a little bit about this, where he says he thought most of the time if Kata had aces or kings, Kata would have jammed the flop because Barry's old school. Yeah. And by the way, Joe Stapleton is doing the commentary and is just flubbing it horribly in terms of the poker analysis. It's, sure. extra, it's extra rough. And he is, A, saying that on the flop, Barry's bluffing with top pair and a gutter. Super weird. And then it's talking about how he expects Cat is just going to jam his kings. And I'm like, Cat is never jamming kings here. Like, he's always calling, right? Yeah. And it would never occur to... I, don't, I, don't, I believe it would literally never occur to Cat to to jam kings in this spot. Mm-hmm. When there, if there were two diamonds, if there, was, if there was a flush drought here, maybe. Maybe. But if, on this board, there's no way you can jam kings profitably there. So Greenstein is betting for value because he doesn't think that Kata has aces or kings he anymore. He thinks Kata's got jacks and probably tens because he has a jack. Yeah. I, think, I think later on, he says at this point in the hand, oh, I thought you had tens. Like, I put you on tens. It has to be yep. tens. I, I thought it was tens, right? So... Yeah, he's betting fifty five thousand to fifty seven four. He's betting thirty five. Oh, sorry, thirty five. But effectively all in, right? I mean, I guess Caddy could just call, but then I don't think the thing actually, is like, yeah, maybe this not. is why you have to check because if you're putting him on tens, he's supposed to fold tens for thirty five k too. Of course he is. He's always folding. You have tens. to bet a lot less if you're trying to squeeze value out of tens. You could bet fifteen k and get called by tens maybe, and then call call it off. 
you know, maybe we're backwards on something, and I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah, what? Are Tens and Jacks better calls than Kings for Kata? Probably. They're probably better calls. Not I against mean, Barry Greenstein, I guess. Yeah, Kings against Barry Greenstein, Kings we know blocks King-Queen. Yeah. Which actually is not good. It's not good. We don't want that. Um, but whatever. But Kings is better than a Queen, which is yes, important against Barry Greenstein. right. Uh, but Jack-10 suited is looming large as a, sure. uh, as a Barry hand, so it Jack wouldn't... Jack-10 suited and sets are, are both looming pretty It wouldn't large. suck to block Jack-10 suited. I agree. I have to agree with you. Um, other hands that Barry has reasonably are, as you said, the sets, which is really sets in nines and eights. Yeah. Almost never queens. And eight, nine suited. Eight, nine suited. And maybe queen, nine suited. Maybe. But there's only two combos of that anyway. Yeah. There's also only two combos of eight, nine suited. So not too much of that. Right. Right. So let's just say what Kata does. He folds. Yeah. He which looks very unhappy and folds. It feels like a mistake to do both things, the flop and the turn. The six exactly. of diamonds should not change whether or not Barry's beating you. When Barry raises and has a one-to-one stack-to-pot ratio on the flop, we have to expect he's jamming the turn a lot. And yeah. So we should decide right now, if a brick comes, are we calling it off? And if we're not calling it off, we should fold now so we get to save the money. Yep. Or we should just easily put it in. And it, I agree with you. It feels really strange that the he six of diamonds, both those decisions. Unless Barry was losing his mind with two sixes on the flop. I don't know why we never would that. never makes Barry a better hand than Kings if he didn't already have one. Unless he somehow a seven ten suited, which we don't think he can have. No, yeah, I agree completely with you that this. Is, I think Cato was waiting to see if Barry was really going to fire again. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's a new data point, but still, come on, it feels like the combination of calling the flop and folding the turn on this card has to be a mistake. Yep. Now it's possible that Greenstein's bet, even though he, I guess, wasn't bluffing in his mind. His 35K out of his 55K had the effect of actually looking scarier, like you yes. said. Maybe Kata would have called a shove and folded to this because it looks scarier. Maybe, but it's a one-to-one stack to pot. I don't know. Maybe not. Guys like Barry Greenstein, the old school guys, would make really big bets with what they thought were the best hand, like yeah. with good hands, you know? Like, they absolutely would do stuff like that. So, I don't know. Like, I think he would shove a set here. Or, I think, you know, I, I think he's capable of shoving a set or betting 35K with a set. So I think I want to give Joe a little, like, leeway here. I think yeah. my, my read on when he played this game was that, like, he was not used to playing this size cash game. He's a tournament player, yeah. main event champion. Like, he's, he's out of his depth a little bit cash game-wise, and he doesn't want to make big mistakes, but that ends up in these weird half measures, right? It's, you know, poker sucks because sometimes a half measure is called for. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like this is one of those spots, but you can see where, how, he, how this happens for him, right? Where yeah. he's like, I can't just fold kings, especially on national TV, right. and be wrong just to one raise on the flop because then I'm folding everything, basically. Yeah. But now that I've called him, he shoved. I can't beat any value. Turns out you can. But didn't you didn't feel like, shove, but I get Okay, he's effectively shoved. Yeah. Um, you can't beat any value, and you don't really see any bluffs that exist, except for 6-7, if that's even there, and if you play it like this. And you're like, what am I, like, I'm just going to throw away another $55,000 now? Like, because that's what calling this, that's what doing anything but folding is. I can see how you get to that point of like, well, I have to call now and fold. There are some hands that you do have to go call fold. I just don't know that Kings is one of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't I've, know. I've definitely done this type of thing before. Of course. Yeah. So have I. Yeah. Um, I regret it, though. Yeah, me I too. I always regret it. I'm always like, should I have, like, how can I do both? Sometimes, by the way, you make the call on the flop when they raise. 
and they just shut down. And you're like, oh, okay, good. Everything's fine now. Yeah. I mean, certainly in big tournament spots where they raise you on the flop and you're like, I have to call. This sucks. And you call and they check the turn. You're like, yes. Yeah. It's like such a relief because you're def- I was definitely going to fold the turn, you know? Right. It's like I called once because I have to call and then they, fo- and then they check it back and it's like, woo, we're going to win this hand instead of lose it. But I yeah. was going to fold, you know? But ultimately, this becomes an example of how distribution can save you. Yes. Right? If Keta had used distribution and put kings in the calling part of his distribution, which I imagine he would have ended up doing, then he, even if he's like, I don't understand what the bluffs could be, and the value all beats me, but I just can't fold this hand, that would have ended up working out for him. I feel like this is the kind of thing that we see Michael, Michael Adamo do so well, mm. which is like, did he play that hand against Bill Klein? Did we do that hand? I don't or know. Queens? I think we did. And Bill oh. Klein had ace-jack. Yes, that's right. It was super weird. Where This was like that 300K tournament, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Klein, I was at the final table. Klein opened, cut off. Adamo three-bet the button. Klein, I think, four-bet ace-jack. I think he called. Oh, you're right. He called because he check-raises the jack-high yeah. board, which is weird. And then he bets big on the turn. He has a small SPR. Yeah, and then shoves... Basically, less than pot on the river, but like most, like a big chunk. And Adamo with Queens can, should be able to beat no value, and yet somehow he's got him pipped. Yeah, and he it calls. Doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense for him to have him pipped. Um, he finds a call, and I think it's for this reason yeah. of like, I just, this is just a little too good. He thought for a while. Right. And, that's, and then he ends up winning the tournament because now he's all the chips. They were the two chips. It really shows the power of, of just using math and GTO in cases where. Like, it's so easy, especially in the 2010 lens, which Joe Cat yes. is in, where it's, like, very much leveling wars. And, like, why would you do this with this? So it doesn't make sense for you to have any of this. There's a lot of value in just letting the hand kind of play itself sometimes because if you overfold this hand, you will lose money over time because you just don't really understand what your opponent's doing or what they're showing up with. No matter how much you think you understand, you never fully understand. It's just fascinating to me because the... Um the assumptions that are made from both sides are just so incorrect, right? Yeah. So Barry's like, oh, he didn't jam on me. He never has an overpair. Right. He always has jacks or tens now. Um, I'm definitely ahead, you know, and Kat is over here like, I can't beat any value, and everybody's wrong. Yeah. You know, and I understand more where Kat is coming from than where Barry's coming from with these decisions, for sure. Yes. Like, I get why Kat folds. Yeah. You know... It may be, you know, it's possible he's sitting here thinking effectively, like, I'm just going to make an exploitative fold here. But then he, may, like you said, maybe you should just do that on the flop. Yep. Because Barry's usually jamming the turn once he gets himself. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think you can flop. do both and have it be profitable. Call, yeah. call the flop and fold on this turn. Yeah, especially in a cash game. Yeah, I Extra agree. in a cash game. Uh, I don't think the solver is going to want to fold. I would be shocked if the solver folds for a one-to-one stack to pot. I think the solver is going to be like, we always call, baby. Because the solver always calls anyway. Yeah. Especially with the hand this good. Like, yeah, come on. I think so. Let's find out. Okay. The solver wants to solve Barry. Danny Sprung did it for us. On the flop. <laughs> yeah. The solver prefers a smaller size for Kata. This could just be error dependent. The Kata went the size that he did. Um, it's just how it is. You know, it's 2010. 7,800 into uh, 11.4 is what yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greenstein doesn't have many raises in his entire range. Only 7% of his range is raising, but the solver does raise Barry's actual hand 33% of the time. Well, why, why me, this one? Color me surprised. I mean, you do have the gut shot to go with your pair. You can think about it like extra outs on a draw, but that, why would you have to think that way? It's a pretty good top pair. The only other thing I can think of besides we deny some equity is, uh, not really that much, by the way, is uh, 
when, every time we improve, it's very hard to make any more money. Like Queens, Jacks, and Tens are what improve us. The board gets really scary very yeah. fast. So maybe that's part of it. So we get to deny equity and also make the pot bigger so that way when we do improve later on, we've already gotten some money in there. Yeah, I guess that could be it. That's it. Um, Solver actually wants Cat at a three bet more than a third of the time. What? Which is a bit surprising. Uh, but I guess, you know, with stack to pot, how it is, that may be a factor. You can effectively just jam and be like, I hope I have the best hand here. It's not a fold. So it's just so interesting. As Barry was saying, uh, you know, when he talked about the hand later, like, you know, he would have thought always if Joe had kings, Joe's always going to, you know, three bet the flop. And we were like, come on, Barry, that's not how it works. But the solver's like, you know, it kind of works that way sometimes. I mean, guys. the solver wants to three bet kings more than we do, yeah. but a lot less than Barry does. Barry wants it to happen 100%. <laughs> we want it to happen like 3%. Yeah. The solver's like, guys, guys, let's meet in the middle, please, one time. Yeah. The solver is always trying to mend the relationship between us and Barry Greenstein. <laughs> it's not working. It's not. Barry hates you. December. <laughs> and me. December 2014. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah. Don't even say Oklahoma around me anymore right. after the Greenstein um, incident. Yeah. All right. On the turn, the solver actually donks Kata's hand 13% of the time. Woo! I love this solver. The that's, solver's got so many moves. That's tough to play against, I guess. Like, I mean, it's pretty easy with a lot of the hands Barry has, but maybe not the hand he does. Well, maybe since no. he picked up the diamond drive, I mean, whatever. He's he never going to fold, yeah. so he can call or he can raise. Uh, it only wants Kata to fold 18% of the time. The rest of the time, jam, because Barry doesn't have much behind. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's not a complete solver disaster to fold if at 18%. Uh, uh, it's kind of a solver As disaster. I kind of expected, it would like never want to fold. Right, you know, right. How the solver is with this stuff. It is pretty rough. But yeah, that's that. 18%. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to